Hi, welcome to the Vineyard Altoona podcast, where we attempt to equip people for kingdom release. If you have any questions or just want more information, you can visit our website at vineyardaltoona.org or any of our social media platforms at Vineyard Altoona. And now, here's Evan with the message. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Vineyard Worship Gathering. I want to welcome you wherever you are, whenever you are, however you are watching this. We want to thank you um, for joining us for this gathering. Um, Hopefully, you are doing well. I know life is tough right now, um, but we are glad that you've decided to join us. Um, I just want to give a short personal plug for all of the things that we're doing as a church. There's tons of community events going on right now, and Steph's been doing an amazing job um, organizing those and making those those happen. So I want to encourage you to take part in those. Check out the weekly email that I know you read every single week. Check that out for more information on some of the things that are coming up. Um, We'd love to to see you at some of those other events. But as we gather today, um, we are in a series called Core. Okay, and and in a in a time when we as a church cannot gather together in person in most instances as a large body, this has become a good season for us to revisit why we exist as a church. Because I think at some point, life is going to start to move back towards normal, and we are going to be able to get back together again. And this is an awesome opportunity for us to think through what are what are we going to be when we get back to that place? Um, who are we going to be now as we seek to um, navigate the challenges that we face? What is God doing with us as a, a body of believers? What does he want us to be about? And what does he want us to be doing? So um, hopefully you've been able to, to track with this series so far. If you've missed any of the last number of weeks, you can go back on YouTube and watch them. Um, all of our services are up online there. And I just want to recap really quickly a couple of the, the we're talking about core values the last couple of week, core values. And many of you may have these as a part of your company or your organization. Um, it's, you know, it's a very popular thing for businesses to come up with core values now. Um, but core values help us to know our behaviors. If, if mission is about where we're going, core values are about our behaviors, about how we're going to get there. Okay. And I, I, one of the, my favorite ways to think about core values, um, I had a, a friend and a supervisor describe them once as core values are the things that we would do even if it led to our own demise. Like even if if doing these things was a detriment to our organization, we would still do them because this is just who we are and it's how we operate in the world. And so these core values are the ways that we as Vineyard Altoona are operating in the world. And even if the doing these things causes us to fall apart, we're going to still do them because this is who we are. And so we've gone over the first couple in the last several weeks. The first one is we join what God is doing. We don't want to be a people that decide what we're doing and then ask God to bless it. We want to be watching for what God is doing and say, we're going to join that. We're going to be a part of what God is doing, what he has already blessed. The second thing that Derek talked about last week, our second value, 
is that we highly value the outsider. Why? Because that's who Jesus went after. Jesus consistently went after the outcasts and the outsiders and he invited them in. He saw something in them and he, he ministered to it and it changed the world. And so we want to emulate that behavior um, of Jesus and pursue the outsider and highly value them and lift them up. And today we're going to go over our last core value and that is we pursue wholeness with authenticity. I'm going to say that again. We pursue wholeness with authenticity. Okay. And as we go through this core value, as we, as we unpack it a little bit and understand what it means and, and, and how do we go about this, I want to ground us in Scripture. I, I want to take us to 1 John chapter 1. So if you have a Bible at home um, or on your phone or wherever you're watching this, at the car, in the car at Walgreens or whatever, Go ahead and take a look at 1 John chapter 1. It's always good to be following along, um, or um, it'll be on the screen. You can read along in 1 John chapter 1. But as we read this text, I want to pose two questions, and I want us to find our answers here in Scripture. The first question is, what does wholeness look like? What is wholeness? And the second question is, what does it mean to pursue it authentically? What does it mean to pursue it authentically? And there will be a lot surrounding this, so I hope that you can, you can stick with me and, and, and that we can dive deep and we can move forward. And, but before I jump into the scripture, let me pray. Holy Spirit, come. God, as, as we get ready to dive into the scriptures, as we get ready to unpack your word, I pray that you would be present, that you would be guiding me and speaking through me, that you would open the hearts and the minds of those who are watching right now, and that together we would come to a better understanding of who you are, how we follow you, and what life is really like in your kingdom. So Holy Spirit, come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to be in 1 John chapter 1, and I, I want to break it into a couple parts. I want to break it into two sections. The first five verses will help us answer that first question, and the last five verses will help us answer the second question. So I'm going to read those first five verses, okay? 1 John chapter 1, starting at verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to you to make our joy complete. So I, I want to, uh, I, the first thing that stuck out to me in this passage was, was John's description of, of what he is 
experienced with his bodily senses. He says, we have heard, we have seen, we have touched. And this is a, this is a form of relationship. You know, it used to be thought that everything that was of the flesh was the devil. You know, you want to stay away from all that stuff. And it led to us kind of disregarding the body. But, but that's, that's not true at all. And, and I love that John really doubles down. on This is not just an idea. This is not just a spiritual life. This is something we have heard we, we, with our ears, with our eyes, with our hands. We have heard, seen, and touched they're in relationship with life. And, and they describe that life. And, and, and they're saying we're in relationship with it. You know, one of the best feelings in the world is being made right with someone. You know, if, if you've ever been in a big fight and you've had one of those come to Jesus moments where you're like, hey, here's my problem. And they're like, hey, here's my problem. And, and you're able to reconcile and be back in relationship, especially someone you were close to. That's just one of the best feelings in the world. It's so good. And what we hear John describing here is that sensation, that feeling of, of being back in relationship with God. You see, we've been out of relationship with God and, and brought back into that relationship and, and that's how I want us to look at wholeness as being in right relationship with God. I'm going to define wholeness as this. Wholeness is to be in right relationship with God, with others, with the creation, and with our own self. Wholeness is to be in right relationship with God, with others, with creation, and with ourselves. To help you kind of understand this, I want to, uh, the analogy I want to use is I'm, uh, I'm happily married to my wife, Abby. She is a wonderful, wonderful human being. And I, I love her family too. I'm, I've, I'm a huge fan of her family. I love going over to her parents' house for dinner. When her whole family comes into town, it's always a great time. It's just, it's just good all around. Even their dog, we have some beef, me and Tucker, but we're pretty good, you know. But let's say, and honey, I promise this is not a thing, but let's say I cheated on my wife. Let's say I, 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 I broke her trust. I betrayed her trust. My relationship with my wife would be broken. Because I betrayed her. And, and not only would my relationship with my wife be broken, but my relationship with her family would be broken. I, I, I wouldn't just be able to go over to her parents anymore. Her whole family wouldn't welcome me when they came into town. I, I wouldn't even see the dog very much because I wouldn't be present there. This is what happened when humanity betrayed God in Genesis chapter 3. Our broken relationship with God led to our broken relationships all around. When we betrayed God, we were no longer in right relationship with him, but we also weren't in right relationship with ourselves either. In Genesis 3, it says that Adam and Eve, they found out they were naked and they were ashamed. They couldn't even make peace with their own bodies anymore. 
And, and as part of the curse, they were made to work the ground and it was painful. Childbirth became painful because of the broken relationship with God. So you see, we were outside of right relationship with God. That's what happened in Genesis 3. Everything fell apart. And yet Jesus comes along, lives the life that we could not live, and dies the death that we could not die. And by his death and through his resurrection, a way is made for us to be made right with God. That's what the whole gospel is all about. It's about being made right with God. And so wholeness, completeness, is being in right relationship with God once again, just like we were made for all along. And when that relationship is made right, all of the other relationships will be made right as well. Things fall into place. This is what we call justification. You may have heard that term before. Um, when in Christ, we are made holy, we are put back in right relationship with God through Jesus, everything is made right. And we are made whole again. That's the first question. What does wholeness look like? It's to be in, back in right relationship with God, self, others, and the creation. So you would think, well, maybe we can stop there. That's it. But we, we go further. We say we must pursue this authentically. What does it mean to pursue authentically? And why do we still have to be pursuing it if God makes us right? If, if through Christ we are made right? Well, let's keep reading. Let's tackle the second section there. Starting at verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So while we were made right with God by faith, that's justification. He will continue to make us whole as we walk in the light. This is what we call sanctification. Again, this is maybe a word that you're familiar with. but So, so justification is, the, is being made right with God by the act of Jesus. And sanctification is the process of being made whole again over time as we walk in the light, as we live out the Christian life. So how do we understand it? Well, let's, here's another metaphor, analogy. I don't, I don't remember the difference, but another way to help us understand and unpack these two ideas. Let's say that your life is a house, okay? Let's say your life is a house or that you own a house. Let's say you own a house and that house is your life. And, and 
over time, you've become woefully behind on the payments. You, you can't make them anymore. There's no way that you're going to catch up. And, and besides that, the house isn't even worth anything anymore. It is, it's fallen apart. There's a, a leaky roof and the furnace is broken. There's water damage all throughout. It's just a very problematic structure. And, and so you couldn't even sell it because it's not worth what you owe on it. This is our lives, friends. And so Jesus comes along and he offers you life. Justification is Christ buying the house. He steps in and pays the payment that you couldn't make. And so now it belongs to him. That house becomes his and you are forgiven of your debt because he paid it for you. This is justification made right with God. But the house is still broken down and damaged. Just because God buys it, just because Jesus buys the house, doesn't mean that suddenly all the damage goes away. It's still there. Sanctification is Jesus coming into the house and saying, how about we patch that roof? How about we tear out this flooring and put new down? How about we fix the foundation of this house so that it is whole and livable once again? That is sanctification, friends. Justification is God buying the house, taking care of the debt, and sanctification is the process of repair and restoration that happens over time. Part of sanctification is shining a light on the problem. We shine a light on the dark places so that we can see the issues clearly and then deal with them. John calls out those who have allowed Jesus to buy the house. They say they know God, but they don't walk in the light. In verse 6, if you look, he says, If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. Okay, so he's saying, if, if, if you say you know God, but you're not walking in the light, living where, where exposed so that we can see the issues, the brokenness, then you're living a lie. And the truth is not in you. Let me tell you another story. Um, I, I lived and worked in Jackson, Mississippi for a little while doing home renovation stuff for a Christian nonprofit. And we had a number of houses and they were all old and they all had problems. And we had one house that was right across the street from our headquarters that was actually in pretty good shape. It wasn't terrible. We'd, we'd done some minor things, but it, overall it was in pretty good shape. And I got called over one day and, and the lady uh, who owned the house, she's an older lady, and she said, hey, there's a leak under my sink. Can you take a look at that for me? I said, yeah. And I thought, well, I'll probably just have to tighten a couple things and that'll be the leak. You know, this is going to be an easy fix. And so I, I, I got under the sink and I started looking around and I couldn't find a leak. I couldn't find a leak, but there was mold. The, the, you could tell the, the wood underneath the sink was wet. And so there had to be water from somewhere, but it wasn't the sink. And I noticed that somebody had taken a three quarter inch piece of plywood 
and just put it over top the bottom of the cabinet and just pushed it down in there and it was an it was it looked pretty good and i was like well this is really new but it was interesting to me and so I, I i unscrewed it and i took it out and when i pulled that piece of plywood out the whole bottom of the cabinet was moldy and falling apart it was just a mess and i was like wow somebody tried to cover up this problem with this plywood and it looked pretty good but underneath it was this this problem that hadn't been dealt with. And so I, I went further, I dug deeper into the problem. I tore out the bottoms of the cabinets and I thought, well, that's probably it. And I realized after I tore that out, there was more rotten, decaying wood underneath. So we had to take all of the cabinets out. And when we did that, we realized that the floor was bad. And as we worked on the floor, we realized that the wall behind the cabinets was also bad. And so in the span of a couple of hours, we went from fixing this small leak to having to tear apart an entire kitchen. Friends, when we were done tearing out the rotten, broken pieces, I could step from her kitchen down into the foundation of her house and out into her backyard. It was that big. Almost the entire wall of the kitchen had been torn out. Friends, this is our lives. If we do not shed light, if we do not walk in the light and allow Christ to call to attention the brokenness and the pain of our lives, we will cover it up with superficial control and perception, and it will cause more and more and more problems, and wholeness can't be achieved. To live in the light is to expose ourselves to Christ's inspection, to allow him to point to the areas of our life that need healing. And, and that's scary, friends, because so often that starts with death. So often parts of ourselves have to die. And that's painful. Death is hard. So to live for wholeness, to live authentically as we pursue wholeness can be a scary, painful process. And I know that you're sitting there probably thinking, well, Evan, that sounds terrifying. Why would I ever want to do that? Well, I want to tell you the end of the story. That story where I stood back and I looked at this hole that I had demolished in this lady's kitchen. And I just stood there and I was like, I don't know how to fix this. I have, I have torn apart this woman's house and I don't know how to put it back together. And I was scared. And I made a call to a friend. His name is John Harper. He was someone I trusted. And I knew he loved me and cared for me. He was a, a great dude. He was like seven foot tall and he had these massive hands. And he was, he, he seemed to know everything about everything when it came to construction and houses and putting things back together. And he'd helped me before. And so I called him and I said, John, I have this kitchen. It's a mess. I need help. And he came over and he looked at it and he just laughed and he said, okay, let's get to work. And, and we went to the store and we bought the things we needed and he came back and he, he 
walked with me through the whole process. And he stood there with me and, and, and he, he helped me put the floor back in and, and put up a new wall and, and make sure that everything was the way it was supposed to be. And I learned valuable things about construction and life in that project. And I'll never forget putting the, the final flooring down in that kitchen and being done with the project and just being amazed at how far we'd come from that massive hole in the kitchen. The truth is I never could have gotten from point A to point Z without John, without him walking with me every step of the way. Look at verses 8 and 9 of 1 John chapter 1. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He, Jesus, is faithful and just. He will forgive us of all of our sins, and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. Not only will he step in and buy your broken, battered, bruised life, but he will walk with you as he cleanses you and purifies you from all unrighteousness. And friends, this is the mission of God, not just in your life, but in the whole world. You see, God is not just after your house. God is after the whole neighborhood but he's going to start with you. Because when you walk in the light, when you allow God to come into your life, when you allow him in the front door and you show him all of the things that are wrong, and he begins to repair those things little by little, he cleanses you of, of addictions and, and sins and lust and greed and all of these things. He begins to work in you to purify you of those unrighteous things. You're not just going to sit in the house and go, wow, this is a great house. I have such a great life now. No, you're going to say, or God is going to say to you, how about we go invite your neighbors over? And we show them what we're doing here. How about you go over into their houses and you say, hey, I know this doesn't look pretty, but I know somebody that can help. You see, to pursue wholeness with authenticity is to be real about our lives and how, how broken we are and, and how much we need Jesus. And it hurts and it's painful and it, it, it's not always fun and comfortable. But friends, the reward on the other side is that we get to join God in what he is doing. We get to value other people and, and we get to participate in the redemption and the restoration of all things, including your life. And so friends, I want to invite you not to walk around flaunting your sins and insecurities and just say, oh, look at me, I'm whatever. But I want to invite you into a deep relationship with God and with others and with yourself and with the creation. I want to invite you to walk in the light and see that all of life is broken and yet God is redeeming and restoring all things, especially your life. And the first step in that process 
is to just confess. To confess to God that you don't have what it takes to get that done. That, that you are helplessly behind on the payments and that the house is falling apart around you. Whether you've done that before or you just need to do it again. Or maybe you need to do it for the first time. Wherever you're at. I want to invite you as we get ready to move into a time of communion. To ready yourself. To to sit with your sin and, and with the unrighteousness that is maybe still present in your life. Confess those things to God. Thank you again for choosing the Vineyard Altoona podcast. We're so excited to see how God will release his kingdom in and through you today for the glory of Jesus Christ. With this, be blessed, and we'll see you next time.